All right, we're starting here on the two dots in the top of Dalad and Aleph. Gufa. Bayrav Bibi Barabai. He'd big pot with Tanur. In their day when they baked bread, the way they baked the bread was that they plastered on the side of the walls of the Tanur. And they baked it in the Tanur that way. So they placed it into the Tanur. Is he allowed to scrape it off from the walls of the Tanur in order that he won't become Chayav in a Chatat or not Chayav in a Chatat? The problem here is, and we're going to have to discuss this more in detail in a minute, that cooking is a process. Whether it's Ofer or Bishul, it doesn't happen instantaneously. It happens over a period of time. One is not Chayav just because you began the process of cooking. One is only Chayav once they've accomplished the purpose of cooking, which is through a heat source to change the status of the item that you're trying to cook. That happens at some threshold. It's Machlok Rishonim, exactly where that threshold is. But until you reach that threshold, you're not Chayav in Ofer, you're not Chayav in Bishul. So here you have a potential where the person puts it into action and he can prevent it from ever getting to the point of Bishul. But in order to do that, he has to be Rodeh Hapat. Rodeh Hapat is not a Malacha, it's a Chokhmah Ve'ina Malacha, but it's an Isur de Rabbanan. The Rabbanan says it's a Sur to be Rodeh the Pat, which means to scrape it off the sides of the Tanur on Shabbat. So I have a question here. Can I violate a Isur de Rabbanan in order to prevent myself from coming to an Isur de Oraita of Ufeh? That's the way the question's posed. Okay, very good. So Sha'ol, the way Sha'ol is posing it is what Toswat asks. It says, what's the difference? Why do we care what the Rabbanon say? The guy says, listen, I have a choice here. I'm going to violate the Rabbanon or I'm going to violate the Isidoraita. I don't really care what the Rabbanon say. I'm going to go scrape it off so I won't be in violation of the Isidoraita. Why should I care what the Rabbanon say? So Toswat asks that question. Why do we even care? Because the guy's not going to listen. He's just going to prevent himself from being over the Isidoraita. So Tosu brings a principle, it's a very interesting principle. He says that if the Rabbonan lohitiru, and they said you're not allowed to take it off, you would not be chayav in that case. When the Rabbonan take away your right to take it off, to be rodeit, they also suspend the punishment. So he brings other examples of that, b'makam karet. Hemidu Rabbonan divrein b'makam karet. When the Rabbonan put their position, like by, by Brit Milah, by Korban Pesach, certain things where we don't allow you to do it. When they do that, you will not be Chayav Karet. We can't say, don't do it, me Rabbanan, and you are Chayav Karet. That we can't do. What we can say is that the Rabbanan were maybe Dvarim, and they suspended the Karet as well. You won't be Chayav Karet, and you'll have to listen to Rabbanan. That's what Tosfut says over here, basically addressing Shaul's question, that does it really matter? And the answer is it does matter, because if the Chachamim said you cannot take it off, that means you will not be Chayav, and you won't have to do anything. If the Chachamim did not institute that, then you would have to be Rodeh in order to prevent yourself from violating the Yisur Doraita. So now, the Gemara says, that's the question. There are a couple of issues to address here. We'll come back in a second and address them. What's the case here? The question seems to be posed about a case of Shogeg, because he says, should we allow it to? Or if we don't allow it, it will be Chayav Chatat. So the question of Chatat seems to indicate that it's a question of Shogeg. If it's a Shogeg, Shogeg is premised on the fact that you don't know that you're doing the Malacha. If you don't know, who are we trying to allow to do the Easter over here? He doesn't know that he's doing something wrong. You have to know you're doing something wrong in order to have this question arise. So if we're talking about Shogig, there's no question. No, he put it on when he forgot, and then he remembers later. Oh, but that doesn't help us. In that case, you're not going to be chayiv You have to be a shogeg from the beginning to end. All the way from the beginning to the end. Now over here again, because ofeh is a process, then even if you're a shogeg when you put the bread into the oven, 
That doesn't mean you're going to be a shogeg when the bread actually is baked, when it reaches the threshold of baking. If you remember before that, you're not a shogeg anymore. You become an equivalent to a mezid, and you're not going to be chayav achatat. So again, what's the question here? What are you trying to save over here? It's an interesting question only because, when you remember, you're not going to be allowed to bring a chatat anymore. You're a shogeg. You're not a mezid. Because when you placed it on, you didn't put it on on purpose. So you're sitting somewhere between Shogeg and Mezid, which is you won't get Skilar, correct? And you won't bring a Chatat. Still, you want to save yourself from that Isur that sits between that Shogeg and Mezid. The Gemara seems to say, we're not worried about that. We're only worried about when there's either a Chatat or there's a Skilar, when there's something that's a real outcome from the, this situation. Ella, the Mezid. So we must be talking about here a case of Mezid. Kodem she'avoli de'isur skila mi'boyleh. Question here is not about a chatat, but about skila. Do we stop it before he's chayav skila, or not stop it before he has skila? Well, let's just work on that answer for a second. The problem here is, if it is a case of skila, that means b'mezid, he did it intentionally. How exactly did the hatra'ah work over here? That's part of the problem. How did you warn this person not to do the isur? You tell the person, don't do the isur bofet, as he's putting the bread into the oven. Well, you know what he could do? He could say, we don't know if it's ever going to bake this bread. He could rip the bread out before it ever reaches the point of baking. Very good. That is the fundamental question. How do you do atra on ofe? So Tosfa says, based on this Gemara that says ofe is a process and you scraped it off, it would stop you. Then you have a problem with atra fake. So Tosfa gives two answers to the problem. He gives one possible answer is that once you put it in place, the mice to make the ofe happen is done. You would have to take an active position to take it out. So you've done the mice. The mice, as it stands, will end up in ofeh. So that's enough. That hatra is enough, and that doesn't leave you with safek. You'd have to be actively engaged to change it. So that won't be the case. Or, Tosfod says that, what is your mindset when you put it in there? It's for it to stay, to be ofeh. All right, later on, if you decide you want to change it afterwards, that doesn't change the fact that when you placed it in, you were intending for isur. It doesn't have bull or something. It does. As we talk the of the mice, but that's what Tosfod says. The mice placing it in there is enough to classify it as not hatra safek. So now, the question is, is this a paradigm? Right, we're looking here at Ofeh. Ofeh is a process. And we're saying that you can reverse the process. Which is that if I start the process of Ofeh, I can peel it off. And I can stop it. I can stop the violation of the Isur. Well, there are other Lachot that are like this. Zoreya, when you plant, when you plant seeds, the Gemara says the minimum for seeds to take root is three days. That means that once you put the seed in, have you done the Malach of Zoreya or have you not done the Malach of Zoreya until it takes root? So that would be the same question. What happens? On Sunday, somebody walks in and on Sunday takes out the seeds from the ground. Are you Chaya from Malach of Zoreya? There's a Rashash here on Dafayin Gimel. Those of you who have Gemaras that actually have the uh, Rashash in the back. The Rashash on uh, Dafayin Gimel talks about this question of Zoreya. He compares it to our case over here. He says, by the case of Hidbi Pat, he says, we say that you can rip it out beforehand. And that says that you are not Ayav. He says the same should be true. Even though when you plant it in the ground, it will not take root immediately. But since afterwards, it will happen, you're Ayav. Even though the Afiyah and the don't happen immediately, they happen at a later time, you're still culpable for starting that process. So same thing by Zriyah. And this is the key line here. If he picks up the seeds before they root, you are patur retroactively. He intended it for it to root. And you reversed that. You took out that process of it rooting. So our case exactly, he says. Our case here of Rodea Pat. You put something into motion. And if you Rodea, if you stop the process, 
you're not chayav, you're not culpable. And therefore, by zri'ah, the din should be the same. You put it into process, you're not chayav until it completes. Limafreya, retroactively you become chayav. So this is going to be an interesting concept, this is what Shaul also mentioned before. It's going to turn out that you'll have to wait till chol to know whether this guy is really chayav. I mean that when he plants it, that's when the Easter, my Easter was done. It will only be effective three days later, once we know that it's taken root, then retroactively it was Chayab for it. But until it takes root, it's not that way. And if you pick up the seeds, you pull them out, there's no Zriya. That's a Rashash. The Egletal says, no way, no how. Egletal disagrees. Egletal says that Zriya is different than Ofeh. Zriya, you're Chayab from the moment you place it into the ground. Uh, what about all the facts that we know? There's no Tana that says, there's no Tana. We have Machlokas and Sha'as about a Tana, how long his Shrisha is. Well, to take root in Menachos. How long does it take to take root? The minimum to take root is three days. Everybody agrees to that. Nobody disagrees that it takes three days to root. Oh, very good. So it has to be a planting that's Ra'ui Lahashrish. That's exactly right. That's what the Egletal says that he brings a proof from the Mithras Chinuch by Kilayim. He brings a proof from the Yushalmi. That planting is simply the action of Zriyah. At the moment you're Zoreya, you're Chayab. That means if you picked it up two days later, you're still Chayab. Because at the moment you planted it, it had an ability to grow, to seed, and to root at that time. And that's enough to be Chayab. The Maisa Yisra happens, and you're Chayab is Zriyah. It's not like Ofeh. He starts out, I don't know if I should compare Zriyah to Ofeh. And he rejects this comparison of the Rashash. He says, later on, I found now they print the Gemaras with the Rashash in it. And he says, I see this Rashash, and he disagrees with the Rashash's approach here. And the Rashash says that Zriya is like Ofeh. But the Egletal says that's not the case, and you have to distinguish between Zriya and Ofeh. Zriya is, one, is the greatest case, because it's a, a case where you know for sure that there's going to be three days in, in, in the interim, and you well, know that. Right, so here you see, clearly everybody believes. So now, what's going to actually happen is that there's a difference in Allah. If one is Zoreya on Shabbat, even though the Hashrasha takes place on a Yom Chol, you saw the Rashad says that you're still Chayav, Lumafreya, the Maisei Yisra was on Shabbat, and for sure the Egleital believes that the Zman Zriya is when you're Chayav. But, what happens if you put bread into an oven right at the end of Shabbos? And then it doesn't bake until after Shabbos. According to everyone here, you're not going to be Chayav. Because here it's clear that you can prevent the Afiyah from happening, and you're not Chayav until the actual threshold of Afiyah has passed. And so based on that, if you put the bread into the oven right before the end of Shabbos, you would not be chayav according to everyone. Because Ofeh, everyone agrees, you're not in violation until you reach the point of Afiyah. So that's a big difference here between Afiyah and Zriyah. So now the Gemara says, now we offer an alternative. So now we turn, the Gemara turned to Mezid, the case of Mezid. So Amr Shilal Olam Bishogeg. It's the case of Shogeg. Now we introduce a new possibility, which is that it was really Shogeg. He didn't remember. Someone else realizes what's going on. They see that there is a bread baking here, and they can intervene to stop it. Do we say to another person, you violate an Isur in order to prevent your friend from violating a bigger Isur? We're asking you to actively violate the Isur de Rabbanon to save your friend from an Isur de Oraita, Isur Torah. Do we ever allow that? Tosu says, sure we do. We have all these cases. So Tosu brings all these cases where we do. So that's what says, first of all, it's a question, and brings a case from Erevin, by a Chover, that gives to an Amaretz items that are Tevel, and he's afraid he's going to eat it without taking off Chumot Masrot. So we allow you to violate the Nisur Durabanan of Mukaf in order to take off the Chumot Masrot to prevent him from violating an Isur. So there, Tosfut says, there's a big difference. Over there, you caused the problem. You put the Amaretz into a position where there's a problem. So over there, the question is very different. We're asking, do you violate an Isur to protect him? But it's because you put him in the position where he'll be in chance of violating the Isur. Then those brings other cases, the one that we just had in Brachot, the case of Meshachrer Abdo. 
Are you allowed to free your slave in order to make dominion? Are you allowed to do that? So the Gemara there says, Mitzvah derabim shiny. So there are exceptions to this rule where there's an overarching principle, which we say, Mitzvah derabim, Mitzvah piririvya, that's also another big one over here, where you're the one, the cause of the problem. So all of these are exceptions to the rule. But over here, you weren't involved at all. You're not involved in all, and we're now we're asking you to take a maiseb yadayim in order to prevent something that will happen memeilo, that will happen without any intervention now. So there the Gemara says, we have a question. It's a case here, we're back to mezid. So that's the original assumption that we had, we're talking about mezid. He had it this way openly. Now the way our Gemara has the gear says, Amar Abibi Barabaye. Tosu brings there was another gear said by Rabbi Barabaye. So it's a question whether this is a statement from Rabbi Barabaye or by Rabbi Barabaye, which is the original question that was asked. But the question was just framed in this way, which is Hidbig Pat Betanori Tirolo Der Dota Kolim Shivadei Surskila. Although that would be if you have the gear said by If you don't have the gear said by it means it's a statement. Hidbig Pat Betanori Tirolo Der Dota Kolim Shivadei Surskila. You're allowed. The person's allowed. The individual okay. put it in there. We say that. No, 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 no. This is the individual himself. It's a case of Mezid. No, another person will not be allowed to intervene here. But the person himself could intervene to prevent the so, Isser Skiya, to prevent himself from getting to the Isser Skiya, correct? But the rule stands that you cannot, we don't allow you to violate an Isser to protect your friend. Alright, so now Gemara is back to our Mishnah. So the case here is that we have some sort of object that's moving from the Ani to the Balabait. And uh, either it ends up in the hand of the Ani or it ends up in the hand of the Balabait, leaves the hand of the Ani, leaves the hand of the Balabait. The Gemara poses a question, but it doesn't have any source, which is something interesting here. It says, Why are you Chayav? You need a place that's Dal Tfachim Al Dal Tfachim in order for it to be Akira Vanacha. Gemara brings no proof to that. Gemara just assumes that that's the case. Where is the Gemara? know this from. They don't bring a bright, uh, they don't bring any source for this information that you have to have a Malcolm Dalit al Dalit. So Tosfut already raises the issue and he says, maybe it's because the source. It's like the Mishkan. And the way it works in the Mishkan, that you don't normally put down an object. When you want to store an object, you put something down, you put on a Malcolm that's Dalit by Dalit. That's the normal way of doing things. So Mishkan and the Mishkan, that's the way it was. And remember, well, we said this before, that Hotza is a Malacha Gerua. And being a Malacha Grua requires that it has to have a paradigm within the Mishkan, otherwise you're not Chayav. So again, if in the Mishkan it was done this way, that's exactly the way it's going to have to be done. It has to be on That's the Rabbeinu Tam. The Ri has an interesting approach. He says, we learn, Ayyid say, Ish Mim Shabbat. Now truthfully, the Pasuk there is speaking about the individual themselves. It's not talking about the Chayfetz. But the Gemara Darshan, the Pasuk, Al Yotzi Ish Mim Komo, that you're not allowed to move Chafatzim Mim Koman on Yom HaShabbat. It's an Asmachta. The Ri says, just like Mikomo by Adam, it's determined to be Dalet Amot or Dalet Amot, Mikomo for Chayfetz is Dalet Tvachim or Dalet Tvachim. You see what they're trying to do is they're trying to search for some sort of source for the The Gemara just poses it as like a given, that that's the question. But the Gemara never gives a source for that point. Later on, we're going to see a Brighter that Achirim at Maro's Daf, that sounds like that there is a brighter that suggests something of that sort. But still, the Gemara just, it's a given. That Dalit al-Dalit, and now the Gemara is going to try to work through this. How do I deal with this problem of Dalit al-Dalit? So here we have, Amai chayav abin in akira banachamegami Dalit al-Dalit v'leko. Samarabo hamani. 
Who's the author of this Mishnah? Rabbi Akiva. I don't need a place that's fourth fachim by fourth fachim. Remember always, if it's in the male conjugation, arba arba, it's tvachim. If it's in the female conjugation, then it's amot. That's how you know the difference. Right, Dalad makes it much harder. That's why it's difficult when they did that. It makes it much harder. So you have a private domain on one side, private domain on the other side, and Rishut Rabim in the middle. And the person throws an object from one Rishut Yachid to another Rishut Yachid. They have a ball on one side, and they need to play ball on the other side. They throw the ball across the Rishut Rabim on Shabbat. What's the din? Rabbi Akiva, Mechayev, Chachamim, Pochim. Why is Rabbi Akiva Mechayev? This is a physics question. How do you look at an object in motion? An object in motion, is it continuum? Or is it discrete starts and stops along that continuum? So Rabbi Kiva says, it's That when I see the object moving, I see discrete points happening along the way. So what's happened basically is it's left the Rishut Yachid, stopped in the Rishut Rabim, gone, gone, stopped, gone. I mean, every, every moment, every momentary... Movement is a start and a stop, a start and a stop. So, Rabbanan Savre, Lo Amrin and Klitam Klutam Mishun Chadamyo. The Yochamim believe that it's a continuum. There is no such thing as discrete points, it's a continuous movement. And therefore, there's an Akira from Rashuti Yachid, Anoch and Rashuti Yachid, you're not Chayav. So that's why you're a Pator. So, Lememra. So, this you would conclude, the Pshitale the Rabbo, that it's clear to Rabbo, the Klutam Mishun Chadamyo, that the argument here between Rabbi Kiva and Chachamim about this case is on this matter of Kutu Mishuk and Chadamia, Chasara. Like Ari just said before, it has to be below 10 Tfachim. Below 10 Tfachim, because the Rashut Rabim is only Rashut Rabim up to 10 Tfachim. Rashut Yachid, a private domain, goes up Adar Akiya and Adar Tahom. But when it comes to Rashut Rabim, it only goes up to 10 Tfachim. So the object had to fly through the Rashut Rabim here below 10 Tfachim in order for this question to be relevant. So the case that must be that Rabbi Kivan Achamim arguing about is a case below 10 Tfachim in the Shuta Rabim. And the question of whether it's a discrete points or is it a continuum over here. For Gemara says, Vahami Bai Bai lay the Rabbo. Rabbo actually questioned what the Machloket here was between them. How could Rabbo over here suggest that Rabbi Kiva clearly, and that's the situation, it's Kluto Mishon Chodamia. Rabbo himself doesn't know what the Machloket is about. The Bai Rabbo. The Matami Yud Plige. Or is the argument between Rabbi Kivan Achamim here below 10 Tfachim? And this is their machlokot. That we look at it as discrete movements, and therefore there's an akira and It was above ten tefachim. Everyone agree above ten tefachim your patur. Why? Because even according to Rabbi Kivu, who says that it's discrete movements, if it's above ten tefachim, it never went into the shulter rabim. It's in a makom tour, and therefore you'll never be chayav. And nobody learns out throwing from passing. Now this is going to become relevant later in the Masechta, but it turns out that on Shabbat, if you pass an object across the Rishut Rabim, from Rishut Yachid to Rishut Yachid across the Rishut Rabim, you're chayav. Even above 10 Tfachim. If you pass, if you have a balcony on one side of Rishut Rabim, balcony on the other side of Rishut Rabim, and you pass, not throw, pass an object across, chayav chatat. Why? Because they did it in the Mishkan. Oh, why do you have to do it in the Mishkan? That's a tolda. We said before, but if it's not in the Mishkan, it's not classified. So that's in the Mishkan, because they used to pass the boards from the Agalot to the Agalot. The wagons that carried the boards, they passed the Krashim. How do you know they didn't throw the Krashim? So two possibilities. They're too heavy. They're ten amodai, they're very heavy, or they're too precious. You throw them and you drop it, you don't want to break one of these things. So they passed them across from one Agalot to the other. Galat that's above the ten Tfachim, that Moshit is considered to be Chayav. The question is now, Zara, if you throw it. So later on, the Gemara is going to ask, that's going to be the other side here. The other possibility is, is Zorik the same as Moshit? 
Do we say throwing it is the equivalent of passing it? It's just a different way of passing. Instead of passing from yad to yad, you just pass it with a little air in between them. Maybe it's the same thing. So the, now the assumption will be that kuliyama lo yofin and zurik mimushit. Everybody agrees zurik and, and hoshata passing are totally different. Oh, the other way to explain the machlok between Rabbi Kiva and Chumim is this way. Duma lamalam yud plige. Their whole machloket is above ten tefachim. Ubaha plige, and this is their machloket. The Rabbi Kiva serve yofin and zurik mimushit. We learn out zurik from mushit. Throwing is the equivalent to passing. Just like when you pass above ten tefachim from yishut yachid to yishut yachid your chayav. So to when you throw it, throwing it is just an extension of passing. Rabbanan Tzavrei, lo yalfinen zareik mi moshit. Rabbanan say, no, 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 zrika is totally different than moshit. You can't compare the two. Aval damata mi yud, below ten tvachim diviyako chayav. Everybody will agree you chayav my tama. Amrina kluto kemisho unchadamia. Everybody agrees, below ten tvachim, it's as if it's moving to discrete points. Everybody is chayav. We know that Rabbah doesn't know what their machlokit is about. All of a sudden now he says, oh, it's Rabbi Kiva over here. But how does he know it's Rabbi Kiva? His question that he poses about their machlokit says it doesn't have to be Rabbi Kiva. It could be the Rabbana. How does he know that? Skumar says, no problem. Halukasha batari baye harifter ifshitalei. He had the question, but then he concluded. He says that the conclusion is the Sabra Rebekiva Kluklo That that is it. That's the Machlok between Rebekiva and the Chachamim is on this point. Whether it's considered to be a continuum or a discrete point, and it's Lamatam Yud, below 10 Tfachim, that's what their Machlok is about. First, uh, right, and that's where Rebekiva will be the author of our Mishnah now, because it's Kluklo and he doesn't require, obviously, Dalit al Dalit. Because it's moving through the air, and we don't see him anywhere saying anything about stopping on a place that's dalit by dalit. It's flying through the air the whole time. So do you see there, Rebbe does not require a makom dalit al dalit. So he'll be the author of Mishnah who doesn't require a makom dalit al dalit. Now Tos would ask on himself. Tos would say before that Hotza is a malach grua. If it's a malach grua, there are no toldot of Hotza. Over here, we're creating zorek kimoshit. How can it be that you're trying to compare zrika to hoshata? That means you're trying to create a tolda. Something that wasn't in the Mishkan, and you're trying to extrapolate from that to a Toldah. We don't have Toldot Batzah. So Tosfut has to say here that Zorik to be too, from, to the extrapolation from Moshit Zorik, from Moshit to Zorik is not as big as regular Toldot. You know, it's so similar that it's really just Moshit plus. Although there's one of the Stadim is Right, one of the Stadim is no. He's saying that if you say yes, you have to say that the Shrika is close enough to Hoshatah that it's not like Toldah, it's just an extension of Hoshatah. That's what you have to suggest over here. So now the Gemara says something interesting. There are two parts to the Melech remember. You have to pick it up, right? It has to be lifted out of a place of, uh, and then placed down. Now, in both those, you're going to require a kira from Makom Daladalad and a Chai Makom Daladalad. From Rabbi Akiva, what do we know? Rabbi Akiva only told us about one of those two, and that is Hanacha. Because Rabbi Akiva says, you're Chayav, how many times? You threw it, Rishut Yachid, to Rishut Rabim, to Rishut Yachid. Now you did, Hotza'ah, and then Hachnasa. But Rabbi Akiva says you only Chayav one. That's what Rashi says. Rashi says it's clear from Rabbi Akiva that the only thing he doesn't care about is Hanachah b'makom dalad al dalad. About Akirami b'makom dalad al sounds like he does care. Because he only makes you Chayav when it left the Rishut Yachid and ended up in the Rishut Rabim. But the fact that it goes to the Rishut Rabim and then lands in the Rishut Yachid doesn't make you Chayav. Why not? Maybe because he requires Akirami b'makom dalad al dalad. Then he can't be the author of our Mishnah. That won't help us anymore because we need both Akira and Hanachah b'makom dalad al dalad. That's the way Rashi learns it. Tosafot does not like that explanation. He says, that can't be the way. is the av. The tolda is hachnasa. And we know later on in the Masechta, the Gemara says, what's the difference between an av and a tolda? The difference between an av and a tolda is that two avot, you'll be chayav on each one of them a chatat. A tolda and an av, you'll only be chayav one chatat, because tolda and makom av, you're not chayav. 
So Tosafot says, you know why Rukhiri says you're Chayav on here? Not because he believes anything about Akira and Archa. It's because you can't, there's a, a, an Av and a Tolda. You can only be Chayav on Chatat. That's why he says you're Chayav on. There's no proof from here that he thinks anything about Akira. So he says, that can't be the explanation. That's the way the Malacha was done in the Mishkan. When they gave the materials to the Osei Malacha, they took it out of the storage bins, which were four by four, and gave it to them. And therefore, that is Akira Mimakom Dalad Al Dalad. We don't find that. Where do you find that in Malacha Da Mishkan? Where we said before that we said the source for a dalad al dalad is al yitzay ishmim komo al ishmim komo means don't take chafatim out of its makom. Again, that's only talking about akira, not about hanacha. So Tosu says I only have a source for the akira side. I don't have a source here for the hanacha side, and that's what the Gemara's question is here. Rabbi Kiva says chayav. We don't know whether Rabbi Kiva believes that akira doesn't require dalad al dalad. The only know from Rabbi Kiva is that Anacha doesn't require Dawid al Dawid because of all the sources. There's no way to know that from here. So, Ella Amar of Yosef, Hamani, Rabbi, it's Rabbi. So, Omar says, Hi, Rabbi. Where did you find Rabbi that says this? Ilema ha Rabbi, this Rabbi de Tanya. Zarak, Venach, Agave, Ziz, Koshu, Rabbi Mechayev, Chamin Putrim. You throw something from the Rishut Rabbim, then it lands on a projectile, something coming out of the wall. Then you're Chayav, Rabbi says, Chamin Potrim. So Gemara says, wait, wait a minute. Underlying assumption of the Gemara right now is that it landed on a Ziz, which is something kosher. It's a very small thing. And Rabbi is still telling you Chayav, even though it landed on a place that's not Dalit al Dalit. So it's clear here that Rabbi thinks that Anacha, Gabi Dalit Dalit is not a requirement. And we're going to assume, just like by Anacha, no, Akira also no. The Gemara says, no, wait a minute. Hey, this is one of the interesting things in the Gemara self-references itself. It says, oh, we're going to explain this later in the Masechta. How, how, how do you know what's going on <laughs> later on in the Masechta, right? The assumption in the Gemara is that you always know everything in the Gemara in order where you are now. Right? It's all circular in that way. So, we're going to have the Kida Abaye. As Abaye explains it, Damar Abaye, Hocha Bi'ilan. You have an Ilan sitting in the Rishut Yachid and its branches go out to the Rishut Rabim. Vizarak menach anofo, and it lands on the branches of the tree. The Rebbe Savar Mrenim Shdenofo Batari Ikaro, that you send the branches after the trunk. Rabbanan Tzavi Lo Mrenim Shdenofo Batari Ikaro, we don't send the branches after the Ikar. What is the difference? Machlokot Rashi and Tosfot. Rashi says something amazing here. Rashi says that Rebbe thinks it's landing, it's moving for Amot in Rishut Rabim and landing in Rishut Rabim. The trunk gives Hashivu to the branch that's sitting in Rishut Rabim that is classified as Rishut Rabim. It's hanging over to the Rishut Rabim and the trunk gives the branch a sense of Hashivu as if it's Daud al Daud. It's as if you moved it in Rishut Rabim. Also says, what? When we say that Shadeb Nofo Bata Ikaro means that we give the branches the status of the trunk. Where's the trunk? The trunk's in Rishut Yachid. So he moved from Rishut Rabim to Rishut Yachid. So Tosus explains the case here that he moved it from Rishut Rabim to Rishut Yachid, and that's the case. Rashi says he moved it for Amot in Rishut Rabim, and it landed on something that's Dalad al Dalad, because the branch is given Dalad al Dalad by the fact that it's attached to the trunk, even though it's it. The branch has got to be between three and ten Tfachim. It has to be above three and below ten. Just That's a side issue. We'll get to that later in the Gemara. But here we're talking about the Ikar, which is the factor, the trunk's the major factor here. The trunk's in Rishut Yachid, and based on that, there's a Machloket Rashi and Tosfot, what exactly happened over here. So that's not, that can't be the here, because that's a different explanation about what the Machloket is. Ella, ha, Rabbi. This Rabbi is what it is, the Tanya. Zarak mir Shuta Rabim the Shuta Rabim mir Shuta Yachid be'emtza. So it's the opposite case. You're in public domain to public domain, and you pass through a Shuta Yachid, you throw between them. 
Rebbe Mechayev Vechamim Potrim. Rebbe is Mechayev there and Vechamim Potrim. Rebbe Yudha Amar Shmo Mechayev Aya Rebbe Shtayim. Rebbe is Mechayev too here. So he says, Acha Mishum Otsa Vecha Mishum Hachnasa. Rebbe says, Yechayev too. It passed from Rishut Rabim into the Rishut Yachid. And then from the Rishut Yachid out to the Rishut Rabim. Now you're going to be Chayev too. Ha'ama. Lo bayakira v'lo anachal gavei makom daladad. Clear here that Rabbi doesn't require both akira or anachal al daladad because you're allowing to have a isra otzaa as well as an isra achnasa. Otzaa means there was an akira from a place that wasn't daladad, but pushing it from the shuddha rabim into the shuddha yachid is also problematic. So here we have Rabbi who says, and he'll be the author of Mishnah. The Mar again says, Ha'itmar law. We are ready to find this. The Rabbi Shmuel Dami Tavayo Lo Mechayev Rabbi Elo B'Shuta Yachid Mikure. As we B'Shuta Yachid, that is got a roof on it. Damrina Beita Command Malyo Damyo. The house is if it is filled up. So that's Rashi says. You look at Rashi Command Mali Damyo. Dover Satum Mikol Tzad Havi. Kemalei Chafetzim Ad Gago. It's as if it's filled with objects until it's roof. Deina Viro Chashiv Avir. It's airspace is not real airspace. The question is not Kutu Kamishun Chadamya anymore. It's as if you have a solid object there. It's as if it bounced onto a solid object, left that solid object, and moved on. That's the way Rashi explains it here. Rashi later on in the Masechta on Daf Zayin, when he explains what Pura is on Daf Zayin, he says something different. It's very interesting over there. Rashi on Daf Zayin says about Mikure, says Kemal Mali when the house is if it's full, it's dark and filled with hevel. Hevel is a term that's used in Babakama and other places to reference the uh, stale air inside of these locations. So Rash says because it's dark and it has this still air in it, it's as if it's filled. And it's like as if it's a solid object. So that's very different. Rashi here creates a as-if situation that it's filled with objects. And because it's filled with objects, it's as if it hit a solid object then left a solid object. And then later on, it's at Zion, he says that the fact that it's dark and still, that makes it as if it's solid. You don't have to do any as, as if. Just to, to note here that Rashi is different the way he explains it here, as he does later on in the Misechta. But based on that, the Gemara says, But if it wasn't covered, then no. And then the Gemara says, Our case in our mission will be a case with Mikure. Why not? We can come up with a case of Mikure. The Balabite is sitting in his house. So he says, Well, we'll get to words. That works for the Balabayit side where he's in the house. If the Shura Bim has a roof over it, who says you're Chayav? I'm a Rav Shmuel Bar Yehud, I'm a Rabbi, Ava, I'm a Rav Hun, I'm a Rav. I'm a Vir Chayfetz, Dalad Amot, Peshut Rabim, Mikure Patur. That if you move something, Dalad Amot, or Shura Bim that has a roof, the Fishayinu Domel, the Digle Amidbar. Again, coming back to Otah. If Otah is not like it was done in the Midbar, it's not a Malocha anymore. So over here, if you have a roofed area in the Rishut Rabim, that is not classified as being a melacha for Shabbos because that's not the way it was done in the Midbar. Since that's not the way it was done in the Midbar, then you can't be chayav on Shabbat. All right, we'll stop over here. We're going to have another suggestion for Abizera now, but that continues on a little bit more into the dark.